What's up, ATG fam? I'm your lucky host, Ben Patrick, joined by two amazing strength coaches, Keegan Smith, my co-host, and Alan Bishop, our guest. And I don't want to waste anyone's time. Alan just took his team to the final four and his players squat all the way down. Why, why would you do that to start educating us? You, you're an outlier by making guys go all the way down. So what's the reasoning there? You know, I, I think if, uh, if you want to zoom out, let's just make everything super simple. Okay. What is the most important thing? Why are we playing sport? Is we're playing to win. Okay. Now, what is the most important metric that affects winning and losing? In my opinion, the most important metrics is your starter minutes lost. Okay, so what happens is if your starters are injured, you're now losing minutes out of your starters to injury. Okay, makes sense. Very, very simple. So if you want to have the best chance to win the most games, you need to have your best players on the floor. Again, very, very simple concept. Now, I think where we've lost sight of this is that, especially in the basketball world with the type of guys we're working with, we've almost quit developing robust athletes and we've just started chasing numbers and whatever those numbers are, whether it's, it's velocity based numbers, velocity based training is great. Why are we chasing a number? If the guy is not technically sound, uh, whether we're chasing one rep maxes, you know, again, percentage based training. I like that a lot, but why are we chasing maxes? If the guy does not move well. Okay. And you can go on and on about all these different training systems but if a guy doesn't train well, he is going to get hurt. A guy that cheats technique is just a ticking time bomb. And so now you look at it and you say, okay, well, I've got these athletes. And something everybody can relate to with basketball players is these big, broad wingspans. Okay, on our team, you know, just to kind of put some of this in perspective, we've got one kid who's six foot seven, and he's got a seven-one wingspan. Okay, so you Gee. start looking at the plus six, you know, plus seven, plus eight freaks of wingspan the body height. We got another kid who's six, eight, his wingspan is seven, five. Okay. We got point guards that are six foot one with a six foot six wingspan. Okay. That's just the way we recruit is we recruit these guys that are, are going to be plus five plus six plus seven wingspan. Five. Now where people lose sight of this is that on the flip side of that, a good rule of thumb is that if you're really, really long relative to your height, up top, you're also going to be really, really long relative to height down low, which is going to be your leg length. And so one of the things that you got to realize with these basketball guys is, one, strength is always relative. They are going to be at their strongest in a hip-hinged position. They have really, really long legs. They have short torsos. So doing something as simple as saying we are going to challenge you to turn your quad on, okay, or – you are a very, very hip-dominant guy because, again, that's where your body knows you can be strong. Well, what if we push your hip forward and now make you train the hamstrings at a knee-dominant type position, like an eccentric glute hammers, like, you know, a Nordic curl, something like that? And so for me, it's a very, very simple concept. All we're trying to do is we're trying to look at it and say, at some point, we've got to quit trying to drive up what you're good at because what's holding you back is what you're bad at, right? And that's the law of minimum. If you were to take a house plant and you were to say, hey, a house plant, this is going to be very, very aggressive, but it really needs sunlight, it needs water, and it needs fertilizer or you know, nutrients out of the ground. Well, let's say you got a house plant that gets a ton of water and it's got a ton of sunlight, but there's no nutrients in the soil. 
It doesn't need more water and more sunlight. It needs more nutrients out of the soil. And so for me, I think the same concept applies to our guys. If a guy is a really good hinder, and that's where he's naturally advantageous, but he can't turn his quads on, well, then why are we trying to work around that? And I know you and I spoke a little bit briefly before we started, but that's one of the big things I see is, you know, um, we get these high school kids that they are going to be elite level athletes. They're going to come play division one basketball. Well, they've got people saying, hey, we just don't want to mess it up. Let's just kind of push them through to the next guy, which would be where I'm at. And again, you know what? I'm, I'm actually okay with that. I'd rather you not mess them up um, and then let me try to, you know, get them right. Uh, but how much easier if we started kids and got them? Correct. Because correct. Let, let's just break down and make it really simple. There was a lot of medical terms I was given for my knees. Mm-hmm. Not one doctor said, hey, bro, you have weak knees. And what you're saying is that most basketball players who are struggling with their knees have weak knees. And we're running from that. And you actually get your players to gradually build to that. Now, Keegan was actually the first person I saw after reading Charles Poliquin articles that said, wait a second, actually the knee that can go farthest over the toes is the most protected. Now, me as a basketball player, no trainer had ever tried to get knee or the basketball players I train with to do exactly what you got your final four team to do. So Keegan was doing this with teams. Keegan's my mentor. So Keegan, maybe you can shed light and then Alan can dive into how, because even if we know this and we understand this, that's going to take a lot of guts and courage to actually get a team to do this. That's the, the other. So the first side of the coin is having the true data. The second side is getting it applied. So Keegan, how did you get it applied? And then I'd love to hear how Alan is able to get players to do this. I was fortunate that I went into losing teams. The two, the two biggest kind of contracts that I had, the team had come last in the first one uh, when I went to France in rugby and then the other team had come second last. So both were kind of ready for a change. And the feeling was if we didn't make a significant change, then we would all, you know, we would lose our jobs and the, you know, the players values are decreasing in value. Like the, they, they lose value as the team loses value. So um, they were hungry for change. And I was, or, you know, always wanted a revolution, I guess. That's the kind of guy that I am. So um, they were looking for something different and, I really believed in what we did and they were able to see straight away, well, this skinny little guy can do this stuff. I can't do it. Maybe, maybe he's right. Maybe there's something here that, that wasn't there before. And I, I love what Alan said there about, you know, indestructible, uh, the starting minutes. I wasn't as sophisticated with the stats. I think in the U S you know, they, they go a long way with the data, but our number one number for the first uh, year there in Australia, when we won the competition, we had the least, uh, number of players used okay so we had to go least deep into our roster we had that two years in a row actually and we won the regular season both years right so it's it, it this is really really valuable for coaches and, and anyone to pick up if an athlete can stay in their sport that is a huge uh, competitive advantage so you, you know as a coach like trying to put those extra few inches on with those miracle vertical jump programs and you know making people do plyometrics if that leads to them missing training sessions and missing games, then that's the worst thing that, you know, you can do for someone's, someone's career, I think. And you're touching on a huge point, which I've seen Alan make many posts about squat goes up, bounce goes up. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's Alan's quote and Keegan and I say squat low, jump high. Now 
most of the world's best jumpers are genetically the best jumpers. The only cases I've seen of actual guys who like legitimately like trans freaking form their jumping with something beyond jumping is guys who squat all the way down. So Alan, you, you came up with this and does that help it make it more sexy to your players? And, and like, so how do you get your players to buy in to going all the way down and also explain squat goes up, bounce goes up. Okay. So let's, uh, I'm going to dive into that. I want to touch on one thing that was said, though, and you were talking about driving the knee out over the toe. Well, if you have a mobile ankle, you can have a stable knee because now you can engage all the tissue around and actually absorb force. So I think that's very, very important. And you talk about things I say often. I say that often. The mobile ankle, healthy knee um, or mobile ankle, stable. Knee. Uh, and so I think that's really, really important. I think some of the smartest people you ever meet will you know, a whole lot smarter than me. Well, that's one thing I think we all agree on is you, know, you have better ankle mobility. You can now load and you can have some uh, better strength, better uh, stability. But that being said, let's talk about the next one. How do you guys to buy in? You know, the easiest way to get a guy to buy in if he's not a weight room guy is to take the weight off of his back and start working technique. Okay. Cause you're still going to have guys that it doesn't matter. Look, you know, we're all dudes and uh, you know, there's a phenomenal quote and it's uh, before 30, you train with your balls and after 30, you train with your brain. Right. So at some point you got to make that transition a little bit. Our guys, they still want to get after it, but they want to get after it in things that feel good, like a bench press, right? No, nobody hurts when they press, assume there's no pre-existing injury. But for me, we're looking at a guy who, again, he wants to get into a forward hinge position. He wants to do all these things that just, if he's not good at it, doesn't feel good. He doesn't want to do it. So if I say, hey, let's regress this back. Let's take the weight off and let's start working eccentrics. Let's start working isometric holds. Let's start working ankle mobility, right? Because what do guys know? They know they got to be mobile. They got to have flexibility. They got to be good side to side. But then as strength coaches, we miss some marks sometimes because we're bringing guys in the weight room. We're loading them up heavy. Well, they still got to go on the court and be explosive and be that special player that we recruited them to be, which is a really good going left to right. And that's hard to do if your hips and your back are still. So if I take a guy and say, hey, here's what we're going to do. I don't care if you squat 400 pounds. Like, if you do, that's awesome. That's, that's really, really impressive. But at least really impressive for a basketball player, right? But if we can take this off and we can drive your knee over the toe, we can close off the knee joint, get your hamstring covering your calf. And now we do something simple like loaded with a cable. And then we do something simple like loaded with a dumbbell. And then the most aggressive we might load it is actually going to be in a front rack, front squat position. Well, now, guys, they're feeling it in their legs. They're not feeling it in their backs. And I think one of the quickest ways if you want to derail your career in the basketball world is start getting known as, a you know, he's a low back guy. Guys are always going to come out of there. Their backs are going to hurt. So for me, that's really – really simple is just say, Hey, look now, sometimes these coaches might walk by and they're going to see 10 blocks stacked on top of each other because we can't get a guy to push his knee out over his toe. He's just never been asked to do it. His body doesn't want to get into that position. Okay. So, I mean, you do got to have a little bit of a, a solid belief in what you're doing to make sure that everybody's going to stay bought in. But that's going to be the biggest thing is just how do we go about loading and making a guy feel good? And, and I think what gets lost is, yeah, when you're strong, that's nice. But if you don't feel good, you're not going to play good. And if you're not going to play good, I mean, what's what's the point of what we're doing? 
right? Exactly. This isn't an ex- and it's not an excuse not to load. I mean, again, if, if you've ever seen videos of us, we load. And, you know, I put out a lot of before and after photos. And we'll have guys putting on 30, 40 pounds of muscle mass over the time that they're here. Um, so it's not like we don't load. But I have no But it's how you build there. You build correct. there honestly. And you build there internally, not just externally. You're building the joints. And, yeah, I see you working the ankle mobility. And I see you using the, the ramp to get into the squat. That's exactly what we do is we, we work. If you work those independently, then they can really come together nicely rather than just forcing someone into something they can't do. And you're crushing that eccentric hamstring. So Keegan, you are coaching rugby. Alan's coaching basketball, but I feel like it'd be good to touch on, you know, yeah, the topic of this is basketball, but I feel like what we're talking about applies to just about any sport. So Keegan, what would you say on that? And then Alan, I feel like I would trust Alan to coach a team to an NHL cup, to an NFL, you know, Super Bowl. to it. Like, I don't feel like it would matter what sport. What do you think, Keegan? Yeah, I think a lot of players get this as well, that they, you know, I would talk to them about, you know, how did you feel when you were younger playing soccer, when you played basketball, when you played tennis? Like, would you play as well now as you did then? And almost all rugby players would say like, no, I can't move like I did when I was a kid. And I was like, well, okay, well, let's try something different and see if we can get more of that back. So kind of that foundation of human ability, human movement, um, just like what Alan's saying, like, what if we take the weight off and just, you know, I used to challenge the guys to be able to rest in that squat position. You know, I picked it up from Ido Portal. And just being able to rest in that squat position was like a huge breakthrough for a lot of guys who just hadn't been down there for 10 years, you know? Um, so yeah, huge believer in those universal qualities. And I think that's what's special about, you know, what Charles was doing and, and what ATG is really nailing for the lower body is there's, there's fundamental human things here that every, every human needs, every athlete needs that you can then go and build specific stuff on top of. Right. You're coaching a rugby player. If you make him move better, put on muscle. Alan's coaching a six-seven guy with a seven-foot-plus wingspan. Look at Alan's pictures on his Instagram. He's putting muscle on guys and making them move better. So, what do you have to say about that, Alan? How would you feel about coaching, you know, different sports? I feel like you would be just as successful no matter what sport. You know, I think when it comes to coaching different sports, the biggest challenge is actually the nuance between the culture of the sport, right? So you might be, uh, you know, let's say you're coaching American football. The nuance of that, and this is one I tell everybody, is a lot of times how coaches speak to players is always through a face mask. So there's always a barrier. So I'm not going to say it's a more disrespectful way of, of coaching, but a lot of times you can be a little bit more hard charging because I think subconsciously there's always a barrier where there's always a protection there if you're the player. Okay. And that doesn't mean, again, it doesn't mean it's disrespectful or berating. Maybe it's just a little bit of a harder charging style of coaching. But in basketball, there's not that. If you tried coming at guys in basketball with that same coaching style you do in football, guys wouldn't respond to it. So I think the biggest challenge is not going to be, can you develop a body? Because if you're a coach who's worth your salt, yes, you can develop a body. You can do a needs assessment. You can do a needs analysis. You can put together a plan and coach a rugby, a soccer, a tennis, a basketball. You can do those things. The biggest thing is how do you embrace the nuance of the culture of the sport? And I think that's always the biggest challenge 
Um, and it's really interesting with international guys because that is, you know, sometimes you hear the knock is like, oh, this guy came in a little bit hard charging. It's like, yeah, it was women's soccer. They're, they're not used to that, you know, same style of coaching that you have with this sport in another country. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I think if, uh, if you can coach, you can coach. I love it. Well, I think we got – I wasn't keeping Zach track. I think we got maybe five more minutes. We'll give it another five minutes. So, you've obviously – just to really hit home this point, you went through school, you understand the practical side, you understand the actual physiological side. So if someone just drives up a half squat versus going all the way down, like let's just really finish off that point of why we would do that. We're not trying to be weak at the top, but like what, what is going to happen to an athlete? Because you're, you're making that decision and thousands of really educated people are not. And the knee statistics are just disastrous. Like they're, we're not trying to fix something that isn't broke. Like the system is broke. If you play basketball and you're listening to this, you know that you and almost every one of your buddies is suffering from your knees. And we all just cross our fingers and hope we don't tear an ACL. So full squat and you're training that eccentric hamstring from, you know, for the people who are going to get more scientific on it, you know, this is an opportunity maybe that you could help me out where I haven't explained it as well scientifically. Okay. Let me give you another way to look at this. I always like using uh, kind of mind games to, to help people understand things. Okay. If you take any athlete in the world, I don't care what, what sport, what country, what their body looks like, you know, tall, short, round, et cetera. If you take any athlete in the world who can full squat 300 pounds, I guarantee you they can quarter squat 400 pounds. Now let's do the opposite. If you go all around the world and take every single person who can quarter squat 400 pounds, can they full squat 300? The answer is no. Okay. Now, why is the answer no? Well, one, the body is very inhibitory by nature. Okay. It's a great self-defense mechanism. Your body, your brain, will not let you get stronger than your supporting tissue can handle. Okay, and now this is always, always assuming these are natural athletes. You start mixing, you know, chemicals right. in and it's We're not game, talking about right? outliers. We're talking about Correct. general numbers, just like we're Correct. not talking about an absolute of no knee problems ever. We're talking about stats and putting ourselves measurably, you know, in a good position. Correct. And so now we're going to look at this and say, and here's the other thing. When you're trying to peak performance, it, there's absolutely a time and a place for partial rep training. Okay, If yeah. you're trying to peak a one rep max for the NBA combine, or you're trying to peak your sprint times, there's absolutely a time and place to do quarter squats. I am not against it. Joint, uh, or I'm sorry, strength is joint angle specific. So there is a time and place. For it. But let's go back to what we were talking about. If the body is inhibitory by nature, and now you are just – you know, kind of revving the engine and you're redlining what you got by always training quarter squats, where you're not bringing up that foundation with where you're saying, hey, we go from that 315 to a 330 to a 340 to a 350 full squat. Okay, and that can be any number, even if you squat 100 pounds. You bring it up to 120, 140, 160, right? No matter where you're at on that spectrum. And again, my mind is always working with athletes. Uh, so maybe the numbers might be a little bit higher. But no matter where you're at on that spectrum of strength, as long as you continue to drive up your full range numbers, then your partial rep numbers will drive up too. 
So now we can start training through partial ranges with greater intensities. And so if you're going to say, you know, and again, I wish I could take credit, squat go up, bounce go up. I stole that from one of my old GAs, and I think he told me he stole it from somebody else. Um, yeah, but you but, popularized that. Hey, you know what? I'll take credit for that one. But, uh, but no, I, I stole it like I stole many things. Um, but again, if you're talking about a robust athlete, that should be a very structurally sound, a structurally balanced athlete. Okay, if your body cannot support that load into the bottom, it really doesn't want to hold it on the top. And if we're saying, hey, we're only working partial rep training, well, now you're pushing Mother Nature because you're always working these extreme end, you know, these extreme ends of your strength spectrum. If you can, you know, partial rep squat 400, why would you go down to 200? And if you're always pushing Mother Nature, she is going to push back. That's why power lifters get injured. Now, I love powerlifting. I respect the heck out of that discipline. But any guy who's been powerlifting 10, 15 years, they're, they're always working around injuries. It's just part of the sport. You push Mother Nature, Mother Nature is going to push back. So that's why I think there's absolutely a time and a place to back off and try to become a robust, strong, structurally sound, structurally balanced athlete. And I think guys will buy into that when the proof is in the pudding and you are jumping higher. You are running faster. And you're not having to put 500 pounds on your back doing a you know two inch quarter pin squat to get also paid. yeah. And with what you're saying, would there also be some truth in like if you're a basketball player, you're already putting so much force into that top position. You know what I mean? So yeah. so now trying to mimic that exact thing in the weight room, it's like it could be like overkill. Now. Keegan, did you have any – I know we're probably over our, our 20 minutes here. Did you have any more questions for Alan? I just think he's nailed it. I think it's great to hear a coach that's getting consistent results. And one thing I hear about the Houston program is that you're turning guys who aren't going to play and are, you know, aren't expected to do much into you know, getting drafted. And I think that's really the measure of a program is when the ones who people don't expect to make it make it you know that's that's the big thing when you turn it around the bottom end of your roster like that's a really good sign and and uh that's that's what i hear about your program so it makes so much sense when i'm listening to what you're saying there and i hope that guys listening to this can can you know pick something up to to reinforce why we do what we do yep and i think we could say alan right statistically we could say that on the last final four you definitely had the most players who were red shirt guys meaning guys who weren't just going to be one and done to the nba you probably had the you probably had the most years of training your team, right? You know, I, I, I'm not sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say based off red shirts or not. I know a lot of our guys have red shirted. Um, so I, I don't know how it compares, you know, say to Baylor, UCLA, or Gonzaga. Uh, but I will say this. The University of Houston, I, I work for a head coach that values development. So as a strength coach, he values the weight. As a basketball coach, he values the on-court player development, skill development. And so one of the things I'll tell any coach out there is, you know, just make sure you pick your head coach the right way. I mean, it's not always that easy, especially as you're first coming up in the field and you kind of got to take really any job that's offered just to get your foot in the door. But as you get a couple of years under your belt, you've really got to make sure that you're not chasing a logo. You know, you're not chasing the biggest university patch on the polo shirt. You're chasing the right situation of working for the right head coach that's going to allow you to develop players the right way. And that's something yeah. we do have here. I love that. And yeah, and I, and I wanted to point out for people that, again, 
statistically, if one school has players that are so good, they can put that, you know, almost the whole team can just come play a year and go to the NBA. That doesn't mean that the strength coach is not good, but obviously that would mean that it's relying less on the strength coach. So I'm just pointing out for people that for Allen to take his team to the final four, it means a lot more development happened in the weight room there. And a sport career is not one year. A sport career is long. So I do want to let Alan finish with a topic that we mentioned right before that he was just bringing up right before we finished recording and he can say what he wants on it, but is on this, is on this knee flexion and, you know, eccentric knee flexion and how measurements on this are kind of giving us good indicators of, uh, you know, how stable a knee is. And, and these are qualities that are simple, but these are like lifelong, you know, these are qualities you want to train for a lifetime. So do you want to kind of close on that? Because we talked about the full yeah. knee bend, but there's also the other side of the knee. We're not only talking about the full knee bend. So give us a conclusion on that. I know we're over the 20. I'll have my editor throw in some badass visuals and make it work everyone's time. And, and Alan, thanks so much for being on. So close us out. Yeah. So what we were talking about before was, you know, this concept of when you get these, you know, outlier athletes, and, you know, they're in high school and you've identified them, they are going to be an NBA player. I mean, there, there's just some freaks out there that you, they are a freak athlete, they're going to make it there. Well, a lot of times what you have happen is you have everybody who just becomes fearful and is don't mess them up, which that's a good approach to take. Nobody mess them up, but we can probably do a little bit better than that. Okay. And so what happens is you start going through high school. And there's no physical training outside of, you know, tippy tap footwork and, you know, the, the on court silly, you know, med ball. And that's your strength work for the day. Then you get to college and the way this works out, you get there in the summer, you might have eight weeks of training, but it's just trying to teach you how to get in the weight room. And then the season starts. And again, everything gets pulled way, way back and the training doesn't happen. And then you get up to this NBA level and you've got guys who just never train. They've never strained under a bar. They've never trained. And so I think that when you look at the injuries up in the NBA, I am not an expert to speak on it. I'm not on that level. I think it's very multifaceted. I think, you know, early specialization, uh, I think, you know, overuse, there's just so many miles on the tires by the time you get there. But I do think a lack of robustness and a lack of, of body control through these full ranges is something that if we were better at, it would help. Okay. So what we were talking about before was, uh, you know, here in the past, I've worked with athletes, and there's certain numbers we look at as we're measuring force output on the hamstrings. One of them is we're looking at discrepancy between limbs. So we always want to be less than 15. That's our huge red flag. But we want to be less than that. We want to be down in the single digits. Uh, you know, the closer to 0% discrepancy, the better. But the other one, and this is just a very simple number, and it's kind of a starting point that's oversimplified, but it is a good starting point, is you want to be able to take a guy and have him produce – twice his body weight in newtons when he's on any sort of an apparatus to measure his hamstring strength on that nordic curl and so one of the things that we've seen is these guys who, who are just kind of always injured they might hop on that thing and, and one of the stories i have was we had a guy yeah, you don't who, have to say names but you no, can just give numbers yeah. you can give us some numbers the guy was a little bit over 200 pounds and he was cranking out about 225 newtons. So we're trying to get to double body weight. I mean, he's barely lowering his own body weight versus we have guys within our program at 200 pounds. They're cranking out 550 newtons, right? So that's going to be the difference from a long-term development standpoint 
is just consistency and intelligence does build up that robustness. But the other side of this is when you're dealing with the elite level athletes, they can figure these things out quick. So all of a sudden you're one month into training and you're just technical and you're hammering the hamstrings because that's such a weak lagging point. Well, we're at 50% strength and demonstrating 50% more strength through the hamstrings in a month, just hitting it a couple times a week with tremendous intent and tremendous technical proficiency. So that's just one of the things. This is not some, some crazy you know, training deal where it's going to take years and years and years. You can start making noticeable progress quick as long as it's consistent, it's intelligent, and there's intent behind it. You're working hard at it. And I think that's the biggest takeaway is, you know, what did they say? The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is today. Well, just start that deal today and start working on these things because it's going to start paying dividends very, very quickly. The softer we've gotten in our training, the softer we're becoming. And even for the top athletes who we think of as these lucky guys, some of these guys are suffering because no one actually had the mental toughness to confront them on this and help them get more robust. And so we just don't want to mess with it. But now the NBA, I'm seeing article after article that the NBA is just the most injured it's ever been. And you're actually working with some of these guys and measurably seeing where they're at. So it sounds like we need a little bit of a culture shift on basketball training and sports training to face up, you know, to how bulletproof we are and change that. So Alan, thanks for changing that. I have no doubt that this is going to inspire tens of thousands of people to put some money in the bank now to not be messed up later and have a better chance of, you know, a better quality of life. So thanks so much for coming on Keegan. Thank you for sharing your expertise on coaching. You know, it's a short episode, so I could talk to Alan for, you know, uh, probably probably all day long because just imagine if we took it ankle knee hip we didn't even get to talk about how alan has his guys do full range of motion in the upper body chin-ups anyway so we could go all day long if if people like it and alan wants to do another one again sometime and he has another topic that he's passionate about keegan i would love to have you so thank you brother all right guys